Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock, he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With GEICO, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports. What made Vincent van Gogh one of the greatest painters and most tortured souls of all time? Was Harry Houdini predestined to become the great escape artist based on his family's great escape? I'm Dr. Gail Saltz, and on my new podcast, Personology, I'll be joined by amazing experts to delve into the minds of famous historical figures. If you want to know what really made exceptional people tick, then take a listen to Personology. Listen to Personology every Monday on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. everybody welcome to movie crush mini crush a dish say hi no hello chuck i think this is mini crush number 31 today i'm <laughs> saying that because we just had kind of a bit of a kerfuffle about what number of these are we on and in terms of planning and uh, had to sort that out and yeah just want to say it out loud so i know <laughs> it's real we play it fast and loose here people at sometimes the, at the same time yeah fast and loose i play it fast i never play it loose I play, I play it fast and tight. <laughs> oh, gross. I don't know why that creeped me out. It's fine. Uh, all right. Hi, everybody. I am looking through my outline here, and I see I'm very excited because not only do we have some good polls coming up on the poll truth, but uh, we have a new segment this week. Noel? I don't know how I feel about this, Chuck. <laughs> and I haven't even poked into the answers yet, so I'm kind of excited to see what happens here. And the name of the segment... Are you going to come up with special music for this? I, I will. I will. I will outsource it. All right. <laughs> Noel's too busy these days, guys. Uh, here we go with casting, casting call. call. That's the that's the cue right there, Chuck. We just put <laughs> reverb on your voice and yeah. maybe a nice little delay on it. You know, like you just heard. Yeah. Ma- make it a robot too. Robot reverb, delay. What else? Yeah. Um, that's, Can you make it on fire? It's, it, will be, it will be fire, It will, as, as the kids say, the, the sound cue. But no, it's hard. Yeah, in the audio realm, it's hard to set things on fire. All right, here's the idea with casting call, everyone. I was trying to think of a good way, and this may not be the best way, so I do welcome suggestions. But I was trying to think of a good way to get you involved in casting a fake movie. But then I thought, well, in order for it to be a fun casting thing, it should be a movie based on real people, so you're casting to that it's no fun to be like, cast a movie about two people falling in love. Yeah, you, 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 you want to like, am I casting to a type? Well, how, what am I looking for? It makes well, it a good uh, thought experiment here. All right, so here's what I did. And again, welcome suggestions on a better way to do this. But for week one with Casting Call, uh, I, I just sort of proposed a fake comedic historical science fiction adventure. Yeah, this one, this was a mess, Chuck. I love it. <laughs> it's great. Here's the plot. A 20-something nerd builds a time machine in order to right history's wrongs. He goes through time, picks up Rosa Parks, Gandhi, and Frederick Douglass, trains them in the art of kill, 
and sends them after Hitler. So it's like Bill and Ted, but with Hitler. I definitely thought of that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But we have several parts. Uh, We have the 20-something nerd. We have Rosa Parks. We have Gandhi. And we have Frederick Douglass. And we have Hitler. So we have five parts that people were charged with casting. This is tough because it's always tough to cast those uh, the historical types, you yeah, know. We'll and see it's how people yeah, do. okay, I'm ready. All right, so Sam Hopkins says the nerd uh, Tom Holland. Oh, he's interesting. He's going a Marvel MCU route for the nerd Tom Holland, uh, Peter Parker, Rosa Parks, uh, Letitia Wright. Ooh, that'd be good. Uh, Gandhi, Bucky Barnes, who was uh, Sebastian Stan from Captain America. Frederick Douglass says Don Cheadle, uh, aka James Rhodes. And then Hitler, Tom Hiddleston, uh, Loki. That's actually pretty good casting. Well, here's the thing, too, Chuck. I feel like this movie would be kind of one of those uh, almost like new B-movie types. So you could cast a little zanily in a movie like this, sure. too, if you wanted to. That would be another route you could go. I'm interested to hear more. Right. Like getting— Because uh, that seemed like all prestige casting, like sure, the types sure. you would put in, like, Lincoln or Gandhi, right. the sequel or whatever. Well, that's not true. Bucky Barnes' Gandhi was an odd choice, to be honest. Yeah, that's true. Casting against type, though. Uh, Michael uh, D- uh, T.J. Danny says, Michael Senna uh, for The Nerd. Rosa Parks, Octavia Spencer. She's wonderful. Uh, ben Kingsley for Gandhi. He says, why not? Worked once. <laughs> and he would be super old by by now if he were still alive. Yeah, Ben Kingsley's alive. Oh, you I, mean I mean Gandhi. Well, it's a time machine, so they're, they're just oh, picking people ah, up. Ah. Let's yeah. say they're picking them up at, at prime ass-kicking that's age. That's right, okay. So they would probably have to de-age Sir Ben Kingsley a little Maybe bit so. for the role. Yeah. Uh, which they just did, actually. Guest Chris White's, his new movie, Operation Finale, they de-aged Ben Kingsley. How do you like that? Because he played uh, Adolf Eichmann, the Nazi. So they showed some World War II footage, and he's CG de-aged to an extent that works. Did you see it? Yeah. Is they, it, they set up a screening for me. Doesn't take you out of it? No, because he didn't, and I even told him in the interview, they didn't overdo it. They yeah. didn't hang on his face too much, and it wasn't like an hour of the movie. It was very sparse and well done. I feel like we talked about this in terms of another movie. Maybe it was Ant-Man with Kurt Douglas. They de-aged him a little bit in the early <laughs> scenes in that, and it doesn't yeah. look that. You thought you thought it looked bad? Eh, it was all right. Okay. I mean, it's, it, it's all a little Uncanny Valley. Well, of course. I'm just, I just was wondering how much better this was than like that. In, in the... it, it, I felt like it was quite a bit better. Okay. They're getting there. Yeah. Uh, All right. Sorry, TJ, on the sidetrack. After Ben Kingsley is Gandhi, Frederick Douglass, he says, uh, Sterling K. Brown, sure. Uh, And for Hitler, he says, Kevin Spacey with Mel Gibson being digitally added after filming. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Yeah, because he he doesn't play well with others. They'd have to shoot his parts elsewhere and then just drop him into the movie. Kevin Spacey would actually make a decent Hitler, looks-wise. But he may not act for a while. Oh, man, I forgot about Spacey being in this equation. Yeah. That's tough. He's on the out list. They'll both have to be in remote locations. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Megan Nicole says, nerd, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Oh, sure, I like that. Against type. The hunky, muscular Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, and then he takes off his glasses, and all of a sudden everyone sees how hot he is. (laughs) Sure. What a hunk he really is. Uh, Rosa Park, uh, Viola Davis. All right, getting uh, more love. Uh, Gandhi, M. Night Shyamalan. Ooh, that guy can't act. He's so bad he can't pull off a cameo. That's what I'm saying. But his, his roles are like very – like he's like a clerk or something and has yeah. like two lines. Yeah, right? that are both read like off a cue card it feels like. Uh, Douglas uh, – Frederick Douglas, uh, Megan says, Chiwetel uh, Ejiofor. Ooh, boy, he'd be great. And Chuck, that was a valiant pronunciation. 
Attempt, <laughs> possibly, but I think success. Thanks. Uh, Zach Pointer, he's very involved here. He says, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as uh, the nerd. Uh, uh, oh, this would be good. She says, I'm not sure quite how to pronounce it, but uh, uh, Denai Guerrera, is that correct? You know her from The Walking Dead and uh, Black Panther. Who does she play? Oh, that's right. She's the badass samurai sword uh, yeah. Michonne. Yeah, that's right. She'd be a great ass-kicking uh, Rosa Parks. That's right. Because the thing, too, like in this scenario, they would have to band together and just like kick ass. They, they were trained in the art of kill. Uh-huh. I'm remembering now. Yeah. I got it. Why isn't this a movie? <laughs> it's sounding like a lot of fun. It's sort of like great. a good Justice League. Yeah. You know? Uh, slash... Uh, uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen when they kind of brought all those characters together. Well, there are, remember there were those historical kind of um, satires, like there was like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, sort yeah. of these revisionist. Yeah, uh, the Lincoln thing. Maybe this could be like one of those. Yeah. Uh, so Zach says Ben Kingsley for Gandhi, another one of those. And then Donald Glover as Frederick Douglass, uh, because you didn't say older, young Frederick Douglass. That's, That's great. Really to, to, to the earlier point about the time travel, right? Yeah. Uh, John Millsap says Nerd is Unknown. Eh. Or Alex Wolf, you can't do that. Not we'll go with Alex Wolf. Not not the way this movie is gestated over this conversation. Like now, it is like this total schlocky badass B movie, like right. you know, action sure movie, which it yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, Rosa Parks, uh, John Millsap says uh, Zoe Saldana. Sure, why not? Frederick Douglass, Will Smith. All right, and Hitler, uh, Michael Fassbender, only because I think it'd be funny. Uh, ben Kingsley is Gandhi. People, you can't just keep going to ben, the Ben Kingsley well. Well, you know, I mean, he's – that'd be a pretty awesome role to reprise. I think the thing is he wouldn't uh, – I don't think he'd do it, right? Doesn't it seem beneath him sure. to, like, play an ass-kicking Gandhi? Although you never know. You he, don't. He might have a good sense he of He might have a good, a good time with that. Uh, Thomas uh, Tenorello, been drinking, Chuck? <laughs> uh, he says Neil Patrick Harris is the nerd. Sure, why not? Samuel Jackson is the only person allowed to play Frederick Douglass, he says. Um, Alfred Woodward is uh, Rosa Parks. Sasha Baron Cohen is Gandhi. That'd be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And also, Sasha Baron Cohen is Hitler. I like where this guy's headed. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Why not? He's the modern-day Peter Sellers. That would be cool. So this would be kind of almost like a Tropic Thunder kind of situation at this point, right? Like yes. Kind of, okay. Yeah, I think so. All right. Uh, Jimmy Kuykendall says, uh, nerd, Letitia Wright. And I'm glad someone finally cast a woman because I purposefully left that v- vague as a little bit of an experiment. See how many people would just cast a man as oh, a 20-something nerd. nerd. Yeah. Well, th- there's the, the the female nerd trope, too, but she also takes off her glasses and then is a, is sure. a gorgeous beauty. That happens. Uh, Jordan Peele is Frederick Douglass. Sure. Uh, Martin Green. Oh, I'm sorry. Didn't see that first word. Uh, Soniqua Martin Green from Star Trek Discovery is Rosa Parks. I uh, don't know who that is. I don't know that show, but I know about it. And Sonny Pawar... Uh, young Saru and Lion. Oh, yeah. Boy, that movie was great. As Gandhi. And then uh, Steve Buscemi as Hitler. I almost said, of course. Like, that makes sense. <laughs> Steve Buscemi? That'd be fun. But he would be, you know, it's sort of like his role as uh, Khrushchev in uh, The Death of Stalin. Maybe he plays Hitler totally as Buscemi. Right, right, right. You know? Just wearing the little mustache. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, let's do a couple more here. And you know what? This movie is so awesome and weird in my mind now. I'm going to keep this one going for a casting call for future segments. For we a should bit. ask for maybe like a, a plot points. We, we, we could really like right flesh. We could, we could uh, crowdsource this entire movie. Yeah. What's that called? Sort of the telephone game where you each add like yeah. a, a paragraph? Uh-huh. Maybe we could do that one Maybe day. we could do it and, and present it to you fine people over time. Interesting. And we own the rights, everyone. You heard it here first. <laughs> uh, Jesse DeJong says, uh, this would be a blast to cast. 
Time Traveler, Andrew Garfield. All right. Rosa Parks, Angela Bassett. Yeah. Uh, Frederick Douglass. Uh, Sam, she says, Sam motherfucking Jackson. Always a solid choice. That is, in fact, his middle name. Uh, Brian George for Gandhi and then Mike Myers for Hitler. And we'll finish out with uh, Crabtree, Stephen. Nerd, he says, uh, Al- uh, Aaliyah Shalcott. Yeah, from uh, from uh, Arrested Development. She's the she's maybe. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. See, thinking uh, another casting of a woman. I like that. Uh, Gandhi, he says, uh, Riz Ahmed. Uh, controversy, he says, but better than J.J. Abrams casting Benny Cumberbatch. That's funny. Uh, Rosa Parks, he says, Gabrielle Union. Oh, love her. She's great. Frederick Douglass, he says, uh, I miss Ozzie Davis. Boy, I do too. Uh, but he says, we'll go with Clark Peters instead. Good one. And then finally, Hitler, you got to go with you-know-who, Bruno Gans. And a truer statement has probably never been made on yeah. this show. I mean, that was downfall. He was kind of considered like the best Hitler in the history of cinema, I think. I'm pretty sure that still holds up as, like, the best actual dramatic, like, here's Hitler as a complex character, not as just some, like, some kind of ephemeral, like, supervillain from a distance. That's an excellent film. What's it called? Downfall? Downfall, yeah. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, man. Yeah? Oh, it's so good. All right. There's there's a a great meme. There's, like, a video meme where someone— changes the subtitles to say something really absurd and it's the scene where Hitler is like losing his shit and just uh-huh. like pounding on this map and stuff and it's like someone telling him that they're not going to make the the strawberry frosted pop tarts anymore and it's like his his <laughs> advisors are kind of gradually telling him some bad information and he's kind of like sweating and taking it in and then he just like <laughs> pauses for a second and starts freaking out and pounding his fists wow. and the meme is that it can be any dumb yeah, pointless yeah, yeah. thing ever but in the movie it's actually about the fact that you know they're in a bunker Right. He's going to, they've lost the war, you know. Uh, it's an incredible film. I gotta check that out. I've never shared a meme, Noel. Not once? No. Well, you know what? I say be the meme that you want to see in the world. <laughs> I mean, I've laughed at some of them. Well, then you, you, know, you, you don't have to share them. I feel like 47 is too old to be sharing memes. Oh, come now. <laughs> I'm 35. <laughs> if I pass the cutoff too? Well, you got to be like 20, 22, you 27. Said, oh, come now. And you're in your 30s. Oh, come now, good sir. <laughs> Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock, he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With Geico, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with Geico. It's almost better than sports. Hey, it's Ben, Henry, and Marcus, hosts of The Last Podcast on the Left. Our show's dedicated to uncovering hilariously horrifying stuff. And now we're only on Spotify. Join us. If you want. Obviously, we'd never force anyone to just blindly join us. That'd be crazy. But if you like stories about doomsday cults who do exactly that and more, please join us on Spotify. Visit Spotify.com slash last podcast to listen free. All right, we're going to go with the poll truth next. We had some good polls this week, everyone. I really enjoy coming up with these polls. It's kind of fun. First R-rated movie, and your two choices, and as everyone knows, uh, as a Facebook page manager on a a 
fan page like this, you cannot do more than two choices. Just want to keep pointing that out. Yeah, but then didn't we finally decide that that was better for the process? It's kind of fun to just say, let's think of a 50-50. It's true. People get frustrated and they're like, I always do them just so I can see the outcome in advance. Because I feel like I know I have more. you've done this. I've done these, yeah. Well, we'll get you how you polled on all these two then. Uh, All right, first R-rated movie. Your choices were I snuck it in. Uh, I snuck it from my parents, or my parents either knew or took me. And, boy, we got 1,200 votes on this one. I love it. And it was not 50-50, but it was close. Um, 655 people said my parents knew or took me, and 510 said I snuck it from my parents. What did you say, Noel? I think I said I snuck it, but I don't really remember. I think I had a babysitter, like a male babysitter, which I guess is a little weird um, when I was I younger. Was a babysitter. I just don't think about like dudes babysitting no, sure. little kids most of the time. And there's no reason that that should be the case. But, yeah, because you're part um, of the patriarchy. I, and, uh, yeah, okay, and okay, Chuck. For toxic okay, masculinity. That's probably totally true. <laughs> it's my fragile masculinity that makes me question the whole thing. Anyway, I remember we would go to the grocery store and he would he would let me rent R-rated movies, and I saw like stuff like The Last Boy Scout, like on VHS, and mm, true. whatever my first R-rated movie was was surely a pretty bad yeah. '90s action movie. Yeah, and I mentioned this on the show, but I uh, mine was Escape from New York, and I had I called I was such a good boy I called my mom. To ask if I could watch it at this time. I do remember house. that. Yeah, and she said that'd be okay. Yeah, so that because I asked, she said that'd be okay, and so I fall into the second category. My parents knew I did not sneak it. Uh, I would sneak it now because I'm a different guy. Uh, Pull truth movie trailers. Love them, avoid them. Very simple. We got about 1,200 votes for this one too, and 990 of you love movie trailers. Only 230 of you avoid them. What did you say, Noel? I mean, I like a good one. Sure. And then the I bad know. ones are really bad. There's only two choices you can't really. But then, like, you don't, you don't know which one you're going to get. You can kind of figure it out, though, in advance. Of, like, yeah. The, what kind of movie is it? What kind of trailer is it going to be? I don't know, man. They're fun. I, I like to get to the movie theater on time to see them, usually. So. Yeah, my, my, I love movie trailers, but it does bug me that they give away so much now. Uh, that's all I'll say. But I'll still watch them because I love a, a good movie trailer. I always have. Uh, all right, poll truth. The world is in danger. Who do you call? I went with Ethan Hunter, James Bond, and please trust me, everyone. I, there are a million ways you could have gone with this. This is just a fun question. Mm-hmm. Don't take it too seriously. I bet it was 50-50. Out of 1,000 votes, roughly, we had 363 for Ethan Hunt, oh. 686 for James Bond. More people are giving Bond the love. I got it. Am I, yeah, I, would, I went with Ethan Hunt because he's – you know why? Because in my mind, I pictured Tom Cruise doing all those fucking insane stunts, and I was like, this guy – knows what's going on. He can yeah. take care of us. Bond's always out drinking and, sure. you know. Gallivanting. Gallivanting. I just don't feel like he has our best interests at heart. Yeah. Have you ever gallivanted? Is it like frolicking? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a sexual component. I, um, yeah. I feel like yeah? it's just doing things <laughs> grandly. I, I, I don't know that. I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but I do want to shout out a couple of, uh, couple of women on our page that, uh, as comments said, Pandora Young said, how about, I'd call Ellen Ripley. Of course. So, yeah, I get it mm-hmm. from Alien. Yeah. And uh, Emma Canning says, is there anyone less toxically masculine? Can I call Buffy? That was very funny. She got a lot of good laughs. So did Pandora. So what I was going to do the whole time was do a poll at some point with, like, Ellen Ripley or Buffy, that kind of thing. Yeah, but why has it got to be one-to-one, man? I know. Oh, two choices. It's fa- it's, it is Facebook's fault. Yeah, but at some point, Ellen Ripley might face off with Ethan Hunt. So we got to do it fun. like uh, you keep track of, like, Football games or something, brackets or whatever, right? Yeah, I think so. Yep. But uh, I do want to say, though, Emma, I wouldn't say Ethan Hunt is toxically ma- uh, masculine. He, I think 
the only thing I've ever seen in Mission Impossible movies is all he does is care about the job or Michelle Monaghan in a very deep, loving way. What about in the original? He never, like, gallivants. He never beds ladies. He's never— Gallivanting, by the way, going from place to place in search of pleasure or entertainment. Yeah, he doesn't gallivant at all. No, he's— He has yeah. no pleasure he's, ever. He's, like, monk-like in his pursuits of justice. Yeah, you know? like, yeah. I don't think he's tox- uh, toxically masculine. Sure, but maybe in the original series he was. Maybe he was a little more of, like, a ladies' man in the— I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, don't know. Yeah. I, I kind of like that about that is it shows nothing about his personal life. It only feels— and subplot there ever is 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 the love story of Michelle Monaghan. He doesn't ever have to like seduce somebody for the job. No, man. no? I've wow. never seen him do it. He's okay. just grabbing hold of helicopters. All right, <laughs> that doesn't leave time for much else. You know, that's no, it does not. Uh, okay, next poll is baseball comedy cage match, Major League or Bull Durham, and out of seven hundred and seventeen votes. We got 540 for Major League and 179 for Bull Durham. I said Major League because I have not seen Bull Durham. Yeah, okay. I like them both. Don't really remember liking Major League all that much either. But maybe I'll, maybe I need to see it now. It's like I'll put a, I'll do a triple feature: Major League, Blues Brothers, and Animal House. Because <laughs> those are three like sure classic kind of hijinksy comedies that I have not seen. Oh man, which ones? Animal House and. Blues Brothers. There was a whole thing we talked about, like on the. I don't think Blues Brothers is that great. Really? Yeah. People do it, seem. People seem to like it, though. I mean, it, it, I don't know. I feel I, strongly about the Blues. Those, those those brothers. I enjoy it, okay, but I never found Blues Brothers, the Blues Brothers, that funny. Like, man, I'm laughing a lot in this movie. Yeah. It was like, all right. Even as the like the SNL sketch was it not really your favorite? I never thought it was funny. Uh huh. I mean, they were a decent band, actually. Uh huh. But I never thought, like, man, this is hysterical. Because their whole deal is just they're kind of, like, always getting into capers. I really don't understand yeah, what they're— deadpan. Okay. I, yeah, I never really got it. Okay. Please explain it to me, folks. Why is Blues Brothers really funny? I would love to hear that, too. Why is Coneheads funny? That was the dumbest skit of all time. Well, the Coneheads movies—I don't know. But see, that's a nostalgia trigger for me. Right. Because that came out. You know, and I remember, like, the soundtrack and all this stuff. And, you know, you watch it now. No, it's all, it's so bad. What about Wayne's World? Do you like Wayne's World? Uh yeah yeah sure. My brother worked on Wayne's World too. I think we talked about this. He worked on a lot of sequels. It was the, in, the inferior. Film. No no no. I think he worked on Wayne's World one actually. City Slickers two, Adam's Family Values. That's right. But Wayne's World one. I think we talked about Adam's Family Values because he's were telling me about the dance sequence that yeah, was like insane so to to choreograph. It's great. I'm Robert Evans. I'm the host of Behind the Bastards, and it could happen here. Uh, and I do a lot of investigative journalism studying the international fascist movement and all of this creeping authoritarian terrorism um, that we're increasingly seeing uh, in 2020 and 2019. And uh, I'm generally pretty bummed out as a result. So in the summer of 2019, I went looking for hope. And I found it in what you might consider to be an unlikely place, northeastern Syria, Rojava. This is the place that's generally referred to as the Kurds, Uh, when the Western media talks about the fighting against ISIS. I first heard about Rojava in 2014 through a series of half-credible far-left blog articles and social media posts. The picture they painted was of an anarchist feminist utopian project in Syria, one that was fundamentally reforming society at the same time as it led the battle against the Islamic State. It all sounded too good to be true, and I was instantly suspicious. So I traveled there to see what the reality was. You can learn about what I found and the people I met by listening to The Women's War, which releases on March 25th on the iHeartRadio network.
Listen to The Women's War on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, all right, Poll Truth, Vietnam movie, Cage Match, Apocalypse Now or Platoon. We also had some people that took issue with this just being posed. Oh, wow, almost dead even. Apocalypse Now 346, Platoon 328. That's really, that's close. There's one of those you haven't seen, right? No, that's not, no, no, Chuck. No, I've seen them both. Oh, okay. Seen them both. I, I, I guess I think of, uh, I, I think about Platoon as being one of the first war movies that I got really, really into and liked it a lot. And like mm-hmm. I bought it on DVD, you know. Right. And I saw Apocalypse Now later. I think it's the more interesting and kind of weird, trippy sure. of the two, right? But, like, I don't know. It's it's, it's hard because Platoon is great. Platoon's got a great story and yeah. great characters. And Would you like Platoon more if Daniel Radcliffe had starred in it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. He would have been just a, a baby at that point, though. I don't think he's even alive. Pull Truth, Matrix sequels hated them a stain on the first or, eh, I liked them fine. This was tough because I didn't want to say, like, hated it and loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's too strong. Yeah. So I did hate it. It's almost it. as though we need a third option <laughs> on these. <laughs> Out of 830 votes, uh, very close, 440 people hated it and said they were staying on the first. And 394 said, eh, I like them fine. I don't really care about the Matrix, man. Woo, that first one was great. I, I loved it. it. Okay. But, um, I mean, I, that came out in the theater and it was a sort of a – Revolutionary movie. I guess it was. I guess it was. I guess I don't think of it quite like that. I think of it as like sort of the beginning of the overexposed sci-fi kind of drawn, like you know, the the bullet time. I think I associate a lot of negative things with it that got done to death. They created bullet time. I know that, but I think I blame (laughs) it for all that shit that just like you know, clogged up the the production cycle still to this day. That can happen. Faux show. Uh. Pull truth. All right, here's what we're going to do with this one, folks. I did three sets of Chevy Chase movies, and I know some of you hate Chevy Chase. Don't take the poll. Uh, all right, so we did the first one we did was Fletch or Caddyshack. And out of 626 votes, uh, 179 for Fletch and 450 for Caddyshack. Because Fletch is like, that's sort of like considered his stupidest movie, isn't it? Kind of because he just doesn't he just fall down a lot? Isn't that sort of? What, <laughs> oh no! Come on, Fletch is really good. Is it? Yeah. I guess I just think of it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you fall down a lot. He wasn't falls that, down once. Wasn't he famous for like falling down well, a lot or yeah, like that's like, that's like his was, thing? It was a uh, what do you call it? Like Pratt Pratt fall. Were his thing. So Fletch sure. not heavy on the Pratt falls. He fell, he fell for sure when okay. he was on the roller skates uh, in the sand. I don't know if he fell again. Yeah. <laughs> but that's sort of like a very Chevy Chase-centric movie, whereas Caddyshack's more of yeah, an ensemble yeah. cast. So Absolutely. I could see the love yeah. going that way. Because Chevy <laughs> Chase is a bit much, right? Uh, yeah. And he's not well-liked now, so yeah. it's, it's hard for people to remember that he was one of the funniest people. Oh, he certainly, he certainly was funny. Yeah. All right. Uh, Chevy Chase cage match two. Seems like old times and foul play. Not many votes, man. People need to see these movies. If you want to see... Like, great Chevy Chase. Mm. Watch Neil Simon's Seems Like Old Times. Yeah, I have not seen that one, but... Great movie. I have seen Foul Play. My mom was actually in Foul Play. What? Yeah. 
Shut the fuck up. Only her voice, though. Wow. There's a scene where they're at the opera, and it's like this, like, because mm-hmm. if people haven't seen Foul Play, it's really fun. It's like a capery yeah, yeah. S- spy kind of mm-hmm. whodunit, but it's, you know, goofy comedy. It's great. Dudley Moore's in it, yeah. plays this pervy dude with, like, the, you know, creepy, like, um, what's, like, what word I'm looking for? Kind of, like, Lothario apartment with, yeah. like, all the sex toys everywhere. And there's an opera chase scene where they're in the opera, and, and my mom was in the production of The Mikado, I think it was, wow. that's playing. I think it was in San Francisco. That's awesome. And her, she's in the credits, but... It was just her voice, yeah, and yeah. It, she wasn't there that day when they filmed, actually. Right. But you wouldn't have been able to tell anybody. Her, vo- her name's definitely in the credits, Sandra Sandra Walker. That is very cool, though. I love that. What a coincidence, too. Uh, so only 99 people said Seems Like Old Times. 209 said Foul Play. i got to say I'm disappointed. Seems Like Old Times is a great, great movie. Goldie Hawn and Charles Grodin. Goldie Hawn's in both of those? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, they were sort of a, well, I guess just for those two movies, I think is all they did. But they were sort of like the... The Hanks, uh, Meg Ryan combo for a That's bit. Right. Yeah, before that, actually. Um, all right, part three: Vacation versus Funny Farm. I know where this is going. Yeah, six hundred eighty-two for Vacation, sixty-five for Funny Farm. That wasn't quite fair, but you know, aside from Three Amigos, which would be tough because that's really a. a Showcase of those three men. Yeah, you got your Steve Martin and your Martin Short, right? And yeah. And also your Chevy So I didn't Chase. go with that one, but uh, Funny Farm is a very funny, I think, underrated movie. But, of course, Vacation, Clark Griswold, that's going to win. That's the one with the Wally World, right? Yeah, man, the original. Yeah. It's, funny movie. It is funny. All right, so those are a few Chevy Chase polls, because why not? Yeah, yeah, I know. And, uh, you know, say what you will about Chevy Chase. He, <laughs> he knew how to take a fall. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and I think that's how he actually ended up on drugs because he had a bad back from his years of prat falling. Uh, got hooked on meds. Oh wow! If I'm not mistaken, that's how that went down. Yeah, and futile and uh, stupid gesture. It's mainly just he's he and the dude are just doing all the cocaine. Yeah, I think he was he was into that. I think I think everyone just was in those days. Sure. Yeah, he definitely had a cocaine problem. He acknowledged that. Uh, okay, so we are going to finish up with comic card and questions. To myself and Mr. Noel Brown, here's five of them. Rachel O'Reilly says, when watching a movie in a theater, do you sit through all of the credits? Um, sometimes, but not always. Did we have this one already where we talked about— I uh, think we posed it to—it was a poll question. I see. But I don't know if we discussed it. Do you? Well, for I, Marvel movies, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I just said if, if I know something's coming, but no— I know. I, well, I I think I, can, I guess I can picture back in my younger movie going days where I would have like really wanted to see the names of the songs on the soundtrack, and uh, that would have been last. the only time, like because you know pre-internet, I guess, where I could f- figure that out. Yeah. So that's you know, I, I've waited around for that before. If something in the movie really caught my interest in terms of the music, because that is like one of the very last things that scrolls. Yeah. All right, Louis uh, or Louis Martinez, uh, what's your guys' take on method acting? From Daniel Day-Lewis and Christian Bale. Uh, can't deny the work was uh, worth it. Huh. But some he hated, like Jared Leto and Jim Carrey, Man on the Moon. Ooh, I just saw that again. I love that movie. Um, I, I mean, that's each actor's uh, own, you know, that's their choice. So I don't know if I have a real opinion on method acting. It certainly led to some great performances. Mm-hmm. That's what you need. I guess so. I, I guess I just find it like... There's there's a great I want to say it is Ben Kingsley said this 
Wasn't he in? No, was he in the Marathon Man? No, that was uh, Sir the guy from Lawrence Lawrence Olivia. Exactly. So apparently, um, Dustin Hoffman, like, there's a scene where he gets his teeth drilled out by the Uh, character that Olivier plays, who's like this tortured dentist former Nazi, right? Yeah. Is it safe? Right. Is it safe? Exactly. And apparently, he he Hoffman tells him, "Yeah, I went and got a teeth." drilled at the dentist the other day that I didn't need to get done because I wanted to see what it felt like. Yeah. And then Olivier's like, well, why would you do that? You know, And he's like, <laughs> you know, I just wanted to get into that headspace. And he's this young, like, yeah. method dude. That's and, and, funny. And Olivier's like, well, have you ever considered just acting, my boy? <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> right. And it's classic. Hey, some people need that, you know. It's their method. And then you hear about Carrie just – Terrorizing the set of Man on the Moon or whatever, and just oh, being so great. <laughs> really, you said you you saw the you saw the documentary. Yeah, the documentary yeah. is awesome. Uh-huh. Uh, it annoys me for some reason. It just seems very pretentious to me. I, I get that people can go there and think it's pretentious for sure. Yeah, I, I get it. Uh, Vanessa Lopez, do you guys have a favorite kung fu movie? I'm not well versed in kung fu movies. No, you? Oh, definitely not. Definitely. I mean, um, I've seen most. Most Bruce Lee movies, and oh, I've you seen, have? yeah, no, so, there's a lot of them. I mean, I, I, you know, Enter the Dragon's fun. I really like, you know, the more modern ones that are very balletic, but it's not really kung fu. Yeah, like I mean, like Crouching Tiger. Sure, and, I love that movie. And, uh, I enjoyed the, the Hero. You know that those. I didn't see that. That one's gorgeous. It has this amazing like color palette. Where it's Jet like, Li. Yes, no? yes, it is. It absolutely is. Yeah, exactly. I've but it's, it's a, a period. Jet-y. It's like a. It's, it was from like you know the twenty. 10s even yeah. or something like that it's, I think it's, it's way gorgeous. back in the 2010s well I'm just saying it wasn't like yeah sure that's my question about kung fu movie it's like does that count or are we talking classic you know right like kung fu theater like Hong Kong stuff. kind of like, right. and then you get into like the more gangster oriented ones right. and there's all, you know it's a lot that's a big question yeah that is I mean I've certainly seen a little bit of Jet Li a little bit of Jackie Chan um, Crouching Tiger stuff like that so I'll go with Crouching Tiger if that counts I love that movie it was great. Uh, thanks, Vanessa. Second choice would be Kung Fu Panda. That's funny, no? It's not really. All right. William Angus. What's your favorite movie based on a TV show? Um, and what's the or, – or what's the worst one? You know, I'm, I'm not going to look at a list, so I'll just go with a movie I just saw. I love that Mission Impossible series. I've said it before. Uh, I think that's one of the great action series – that there is. So I'm going to go with Mission Impossible. You just like seeing Tom Cruise hurt himself. Sure. You're doesn't. sick. <laughs> what was the what was the full question? The uh, movie based favorite movie based on a TV show. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's tough. There've been a, plenty of good ones. I guess you like well like yeah. I like that Brady Bunch movie. That was good. That yeah. first one. Okay. That was it fun. is pretty funny. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Remember that. But they've gotten a lot of those very wrong too though. Like uh in movies that should have been okay like Land of the Lost with Will Ferrell and Danny McBride like how do you not? How's that not a good movie? Yeah, it wasn't like it was just way too hammy or something. It just like, wasn't very funny. It just wasn't funny. Yeah, you know, it was funny. Jumanji Two: Welcome to the Jungle. Didn't see it. It's awesome. Is it good? It's great. All right. It's you know, that's not really a movie based on a TV show, but it's a movie based on a, another movie based on a book based on a board game. <laughs> so. Best of that genre. It's a fictional board game, though, for sure. Uh, Lee Lastovica, Lastovica, great name says, what are your thoughts and opinions on the future of the movie-going experience? How long will we know uh, – how long until we can't see movies in the theater? I think there will always be movie theaters. Mm-hmm. That's my take. They're not going to go away. 
Or someone will just like rig up a projector from like an old abandoned phone and shine it through a magnifying glass on like a rock fa- rock face or something like that. You know what I mean? We're yeah, talking people like, will always want to share films with strangers. That's right. In a room together. That's right. Can we just take a moment to briefly talk about how MoviePass is just like tanking and, and being really crazy? Because sure. I, I promised somebody on the page that we'd talk about it. Well, you, I don't have it. But you've been against it from the start, and rightfully no, so. I have been against it. I just kind of was like, well, how's that going to well, work of course, in the long run? Of course. And then they ended up running out of money several times and not being able to pay with their partnerships with different theater groups, I guess. And then the last thing was um, somebody on the, the Movie Crushers posted – the article about how they're changing their model. Now, they right? changed their model, but people that had previously canceled their subscription were re co-opted into the new thing, even uh, though they'd canceled. And then people tried to cancel again, and it seemed like it was locking them out. So there's this real wow. like fury on the internet. For They're nine like bucks a month. yeah, nine <laughs> bucks a month or whatever. Um, it's, it's it's really weird though because it's almost this whole like startup kind of psychosis with like no no we just got to let them see how yeah. awesome it is and then they'll totally stay. Yeah. So we'll just trick them into you know like no what are you thinking? I'm surprised for a for a deal that big that their math was so wrong or ignored. Like, it's not hard to figure out the business model for that. I mean, I guess they were just relying so hard on it just being the, the just hugest thing ever of all time. I feel Maybe. like a lot of people are playing those kind of numbers games. Like, even with Netflix, you know you know how many subscribers they have, but I'm still like, what's their revenue model? And they apparently are massively in debt and spend all this money on promotion and, in you know, original now. content, yeah, just man. insane. And I think they're in debt in the trillions of dollars, I want to say. But then it's backed up by, like, but our subscribership's growing. Right. But I'm like, but where's the real money? It's confusing to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd be really curious to see how Netflix uh, looks at a at a spreadsheet because it's so nebulous with subscribers, like and who is watching. Like, how can you how do you justify a budget for this Netflix original movie? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I can track how many people watch some of it. They can, and they certainly it's aren't giving. Math, any, but they certainly aren't giving anybody those numbers, right? Like, we don't know how many times. Some original show on Netflix got streamed. It doesn't have like a counter yeah. on it like YouTube. So they're kind of well, – We don't know. We don't know. They, yeah. I'm sure. But what I'm saying is it always interests me to see like when they put out these smaller movies and they're constantly – their pipeline is just yeah. so full of stuff all the time. It is. Very they said something like 700 things they're going to make uh, in 2018. It's crazy. I just saw the trailer for Matthew Weiner of Mad Men, his new show. Uh, it looks great. I cannot wait because I think he's a genius and I don't throw that word around. But um, it's called The Romanoffs, and it's an anthology series, a short anthology series. And I think it might be 10, maybe 12 episodes. They supposedly spent like $70 million. It's crazy. And it's not some, you know, wacky, uh, huge, epic period piece thing. It's, uh, I don't know, man. They just threw a ton of money at him. So I say good for Matthew Weiner. Oh, and quick interjection. Netflix is $20 billion in debt, not any any kind of trillion. So still a lot. Yeah. All right. Good info, Noel. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna finish up with question five from Michael Green, and this is good because it's a crowdsource uh, question. We need your help, everybody. And I would love it. This could be a cool regular little feature where people are like, "What was that movie where that thing happened?" Because sometimes it's hard, even with the advanced Google searches, to recall some random movie with a scene from your childhood that you can't quite peg. And that's what's going on here with Michael Green. He said, when I was a boy of maybe seven in the early 80s, 
I was watching HBO with my dad, and there was a scene in a movie in which a surly server at a rundown cafe brought a customer a bowl of soup with his thumb in the soup. And the customer said something like, well, that took long enough. What did you have your thumb up your ass back there or what? The server responded something like, well, actually, yeah, I did. Then the customer said, and that same thumb is in my soup. For the life of me, I can't find the name of this movie. And it's been, <laughs> he's tried for years. Michael Green, I love this. We're going to solve this for you via human beings that are listening to this show. So Movie Crushers, uh, again, early 80s movie, thumb in soup from a waiter, and an exchange along the lines of, did you have your thumb up your ass? Yes, I did. The same thumb that's in my soup. Something like that. All right. Can't wait to follow up on that one, Michael. I hope we find out for you. Yeah, Reddit Reddit wants to know, too. Oh, really? Yeah, but it, it doesn't have the answer. So it's, someone had already asked somebody's that Somebody's asking this on Reddit. Was it him? Was it Michael Green? <laughs> um... No, I don't think so. But oh, okay. there's no there's no answer though. It doesn't even say it's literally just someone describing this exact scenario you just discussed. Huh. Just, That's interesting. Yeah. Sorry, the, the but I'm not I'm not going th- to eat that soup. <laughs> that thumb in the soup is disgusting. And the waiter says, I'm sorry, sir, but I need to put my thumb in the soup. I had an accident and the doctor told me to keep the thumb warm. The man feels outraged. Well, I wonder if that's even the same movie. I don't know. There's certainly a lot more to that. Very interesting. The great thumb soup mystery. See if we can get this solved. The internet will thank us. All right, that's it, everybody. Uh, we've been rambling on these episodes, and all I love it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, Chuck. <laughs> you had to think about that one. That's all coming out, that, 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 that silent, uh, trepidatious moment. All right, everyone, so your homework for this week is to watch the movie Chinatown. You're welcome. Uh, you can thank my guest for next week, uh, Mr. Chad Crowley. He's a friend of mine and a filmmaker. He was the director of note on every episode of Stuff You Should Know, the TV show. And uh, his production company ran that show, and he's a good pal. And I've been meaning to get some more friends and family in here, so look forward to that. And Chinatown is what Chad picked, and I got to watch it last night. And boy, oh boy, is that a great movie. I'd seen it a couple of times before. It's sort of one of these movies that they, uh, you know, it's sort of the script of note in screenplay classes. Because uh, it's so good and tight and efficient, and uh, it's really, really just a great film, uh, starring Jack Nicholson, of course, directed by uh, the creep Roman Polanski. Still a great movie, and written by the wonderful and talented Robert Town. So watch Chinatown, and uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next week. This is uh, Jake Brennan from the Disgraceland podcast, and I want to quickly tell you about a show I'm executive producing called Dear Young Rocker. This is a music-driven podcast memoir by my friend Chelsea Erson. Chelsea takes us on a journey through her formative years, and together we relive the experience of being a teenager in a way that's raw, real, and instantly relatable. That's right, all the anxiety, awkwardness, insecurity, and formative weirdness that we all felt at one time or another growing up. If you love music and ever felt a little out of place, I have a feeling you're going to love this show. Dear Young Rocker is also set to a nostalgia-inducing soundtrack that will inspire you to pull out those albums from the 90s and the early 2000s 
The first few episodes are available now. So search Dear Young Rocker wherever you listen to podcasts and give it a listen. What if you could learn from the world's most inspiring women? Now you can. Introducing Seneca Women, conversations on power and purpose. We bring you purpose-driven, actionable ideas and insights from leaders such as Tori Birch, Madeline Albright, Katie Couric, Valerie Jarrett, Andrea Jung, and many more. Listen to Seneca Women, conversations on power and purpose on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.